Hello, you're listening to A Little Bit of Largum, a podcast about finding a more balanced, sustainable and mindful approach to living. Taking inspiration from the Swedish concept of Largum, a moderate choice between two extremes, the podcast explores how this philosophy can be applied to all aspects of your life to improve your well-being, the well-being of others, and of the planet too. My name is Marla, and in this episode, we're going to talk about plastic. This is definitely something that we are seeing, using, and disposing of massively in excess in all of our lives. You only have to go into the supermarket, open your fridge, or look in the bathroom, for example, to see how much plastic really does seem to be everywhere. We're becoming more and more aware of the real dangers and the horrific consequences that this man-made material is having on the planet, the wildlife, as well as our own health. So first, I just want to talk about the all-important protective face masks helping to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Regulations regarding these are different in different countries, but wearing face masks, especially on public transport and in shops, for example, is super important. What I wanted to stress though, is that if we can, we should invest in a reusable face mask as opposed to the disposable alternative. The disposable face masks a lot of people are using around the world are becoming incredibly problematic because those face masks that you throw away and forget about, they're going to outlive us, polluting and damaging the planet along with other plastics that are being disposed of. If every person in the UK wore a single-use plastic face mask every day for a year, it could create 66,000 tonnes of contaminated waste and 57,000 tonnes of plastic packaging, together making up a huge 124,000 tonnes in total. Louise Edge, senior campaigner at Greenpeace, said throwaway masks are the latest plastic menace to be found strewn across parks and pavements. They find their way into our waterways, clogging up our rivers and seas, and degrading into harmful microplastics. There have been reports of disposable plastic masks and gloves being found by divers in the south of France and in the beak of a kite in Hong Kong. In Chelmsford, Essex, a young seagull was found by the RSPCA with sore and swollen legs wrapped in a disposable plastic mask last weekend. Already, these masks are having so many damaging effects, so we need to do what we can to prevent any further damage. I really advise you to invest in a reusable alternative. They don't have to be incredibly expensive. Lots of people have started making them. And in the long run, it'll both be more cost-effective because you won't have to continually buy single-use ones, but it's also so much better for the environment and the wildlife. I would suggest maybe getting two, just so that you always have a spare, and so if one's being washed or being put out to dry, you have another one handy to use. Now let's get back to a few more facts about the plastic problem. Right now, there are 51 trillion microplastics in the sea and up to 12.7 million tonnes of plastic enters the ocean every year. And just to make that scale a little bit more relatable, the equivalent of a truckload of plastic enters the ocean every minute. I find this thought scary enough, let alone the awful consequences it's having on marine life. Millions of animals are killed by plastic every year, being strangled by the six-pack can rings that get caught around their necks, or dying of starvation because their stomachs are so full of plastic that they don't feel the need to eat. 
It's predicted that by 2050 that 99% of seabirds will have plastic in their stomachs, and 90% already do. And for around the same time, it's predicted that there will be more plastic in the ocean than fish. For me, and I'm sure for you also, I find these statistics incredibly upsetting, but I think it's really important that we do remind ourselves of the truly awful scale of this problem. By better understanding it, then we can make more positive steps towards changing for the better and educating others to change also. So what can we actually do to help? I'm hoping a few of the things that I can share in this episode can help you reduce the amount of plastic that you're purchasing and disposing of. So I thought I'd start with recycling. I think it's quite easy to fall into the trap of feeling like recycling plastics and other items is all that we need to do in a way to kind of clear our conscience and feel like we're limiting our contribution to the problem. Which of course we could be, but we definitely need to understand the system a bit better because it doesn't work the same everywhere. Just because an item says that it's recyclable, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is recyclable in your country. They may not have the facilities to do this. For example, in my county, Tetra packs, which are the cartons that you have like oat milk, almond milk or long life milks kept in, um, they're not recyclable when placed in my household recycling. We have to take them to a separate recycling centre in our city, which when you don't have a car can become quite problematic. It's important to find things like this out because if you don't know and place items in the recycling that can't be recycled, more often than not, all of the recycling, even that which could have been recycled, it all ends up in landfill. So it's definitely worth checking out the regulations in your local area. You can normally find this on your council's website. That's kind of how I found this out. Before moving on from recycling plastics, I quickly just want to say that roughly two thirds of the plastic waste in the UK, which is really quite a significant amount, it's sent abroad to reduce the costs and it's being sent to countries like China, Malaysia, Turkey, Poland and Indonesia. These countries are really struggling with the demands and a lot of this recyclable plastic actually ends up either being burned or in landfill. So much of our plastic also ends up washed on the beaches of other countries at really alarming rates actually. And I think it's incredibly irresponsible that a number of countries, rather than trying to manage their own waste, are expecting other countries to deal with the problem for us. There are loads of documentaries you can find on this. Um, a lot are on Netflix or BBC iPlayer and yeah, I'm sure you'll be able to find quite a few. So this leads me on to some positive solutions we can actually adopt. Reducing our plastic usage in the first place would be a great place to start. I think it's a great thing to do anyway as the process of actually producing plastic, it requires a lot of fossil fuels and that's damaging our planet anyway since it releases greenhouse gases and contributes to climate change. So in terms of single-use plastic, you can try to buy less packaged fruits and vegetables where possible. Many supermarkets are now actually providing plastic-free alternatives and in some cases they can actually be cheaper than the packaged. It's not always the case though, I've definitely found, I've realised I've got to the checkout and found that I've spent so much more on apples than I thought I would have, just because they seem to be charging more, which is a bit ridiculous really. But there are definitely places that you can get it cheaper and 
I've found that there's some local greengrocers that provide fruit and veg plastic free and at a very reasonable price. And plus you're reducing the carbon footprint at the same time because you're buying local, which is really great. So these things are much more common knowledge now, but just as a little reminder, having a canvas bag handy is so useful if you happen to do some shopping when you didn't think you would to save you buying those single-use plastic bags. Also reusable bottles or coffee cups, saying no to straws when you're out and having your own cutlery to avoid the single-use versions. I have noticed that at the moment, a lot of coffee shops aren't actually allowing reusable coffee cups um, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But it's just about having the awareness there so that once we're able to do this again, and I think some coffee shops are already happy to do this, um, then we can go back to actually adopting this habit. So whilst we're talking about drinks, I'd advise you to check your tea bags. I didn't realise this for a little while, but a lot of tea bags actually contain plastic, so they can't go in your food waste because they're not going to biodegrade, so it's definitely worth checking. Um, or better yet, I really like loose leaf tea, and just having a little strainer I think is really great. Also, if you didn't know, chewing gum actually contains plastic. So yeah, I try and avoid this where I can and just opt for mints in a tin instead or something. Because yeah, it's such a scary thought that there's actually plastic in chewing gum. Also, something that's really useful is taking lunch to work with you. I find that in the evening when I'm making dinner, I can just make up a double portion or batch cook something on the weekend so I have something to take for lunch. I think often we can end up buying lunch from a supermarket or ordering and this tends to always come with a lot of unnecessary single-use plastic. It also doesn't take much preparation time to do this since in the evening you're likely cooking yourself dinner anyway, so it's not too much extra work. Another thing that I definitely do is keep a hold of my jars, sort of peanut butter jars, maybe some sauce jars. I found a zero waste shop really close to where I live and you can take your own jars there, refill them and save plastic. And actually in a lot of cases, I found it's so much cheaper. I know this isn't the case everywhere, but it's great when you can support a local business and still find that you're saving a bit of money. I know that this isn't achievable for everyone as it can be more time consuming if you have to visit a lot of different shops to get everything that you need. So it's not always convenient and you might not even have a zero waste shop in your area because they're still only kind of starting to crop up here and there now. But yeah, this is where I want to stress it's doing what you can within the situation you're in and not feeling guilty or defeated because you want to do more and your situation won't allow it. An example of this is that I'd love to be able to move much closer to being zero waste than I currently can. At first I really tried to do it all at once. I was going to the greengrocers, the zero waste shop, trying to make my own plant milk to avoid tetra packs since I couldn't get to the recycling plant. And I was making my own nut butters, trying to bake my own bread. But at the time, being a student with a very limited budget and my time frame was very limited too since dance training is incredibly intense with very long days. It just wasn't really possible and it was really hard for me to accept that without feeling guilty or like a failure and frustrated that I wasn't able to do more. But implementing even small changes that can last I think is so much more valuable than trying to do everything for a short amount of time before exhausting yourself and then not being able to do much at all. 
I really love a quote that Olio shared, which are a food waste prevention organisation, which I'll go into more in an episode where we look at food waste. The quote by Anne-Marie Bono says, we don't need a handful of people doing zero waste perfectly, we need millions of people doing it imperfectly. And I think that that's such a valid point. It's way more valuable for you to try and do as much as you can and accept that maybe you can't do everything perfectly than for just a couple of people to try and do it perfectly and no one else to be trying. So yeah, that really resonated with me. So going back to jars, they have some really great uses around the home as well. Storage containers for if you've only used half of a sauce and you want to keep some more or for anything really, nuts, seeds, quinoa, couscous, you name it, you can do some storage. Also, as well as storage containers, paint pots, pen and pencil holders. So rather than buying a plastic alternative to do this, you can see how you can reuse and in a way upcycle what you already have. Another example of a mini upcycle that I do in my house is using old clothes that aren't actually in good enough condition to donate and I just cut them up into little rags and use them as like a, a cloth in the kitchen like to wipe the surfaces. And this is a great way to avoid having to buy those which also come in plastic most of the time. So I just thought I'd talk a little bit about health and beauty products since so many of them either contain plastic or packaged in plastic and some of the changes that I've made are like swapping my toothbrush for a non-plastic alternative so these can be wood, bamboo, wheat, there's loads out there and they're actually quite cost effective I remember I think the first one I got it came in a case as well and it cost me £2.99 so to have a travel case and the actual toothbrush for it to be a non-plastic alternative, I think that that's actually really good value. And the same thing with a hairbrush, you can replace it with a wooden one rather than having plastic. But I'd say only do this when you actually need one, there's no point in throwing out a perfectly good one because that's also really wasteful, you know, use it until you actually need to replace it and then replace it with a better alternative and that's something I'd advise for most of these things. once. The version you already have runs out then replace it with a better alternative rather than just throwing everything out and starting from scratch. Uh, plastic free soaps and shampoos, conditioners, body washes, I find them all really great, they work really well for me and a company that I think do wonderful things for this are Lush, I'm sure most people know about this now but I find that their products last so much longer than a bottle would and they're all cruelty free and a lot of their products are vegan and they're all labelled vegan so it's really easy to know what you're buying. Plus something that's really great about Lush as well is even their pots are recycled directly to make more pots. It's what's known I think as a closed loop system. Um, or like a circular recycling system and it basically means that the company is responsible for recycling and reusing their own containers and I really think this is something more companies should do because it keeps it all within that closed system and they're reusing it, it's not going to waste and yeah I think it's, it's a really great way that they work. Another thing is I have a makeup cloth rather than wipes and this is something that's really great. It saves a lot of money because you're not buying wipes. It's a lot kinder to your skin because there's not so many chemicals in the wipes and of course it's so much better for the environment as well. So yeah, it's a great, great investment I'd say. 
Another thing that I've tried out is DIY cleaning products and you can store those either in the jars you've kept or old cleaning spray bottles and it's actually really quite easy to make. Not everyone may have the time to do this but if you want to try it out then there's so many recipes online, I can share some in the links below. And yeah, it normally ends up using white vinegar, maybe some lemon juice, since that's kind of like works as a bleach. And then you can put some kind of essential oils in to make it smell a bit nicer. I find that they can work really great and it's so much kinder. There's no kind of harsh toxic chemicals that can be quite dangerous. Another thing I just want to point out is wrapping paper. A lot of wrapping paper does contain plastic. So I found that either using a paper alternative or maybe just getting a bit creative and having the person receiving the gift closing their eyes and then working out what it is before they open their eyes maybe um, or just being aware of it and trying to limit the use of it where you can. Trying to reuse it even is better than constantly kind of ripping it all up and then yeah it going to waste. Also with plastic items that you already have, it's just really important to make them last and value them a lot more, knowing that when you throw them out they don't just disappear, they are going to stay here and cause a lot more damage. So it's trying to push back against this disposable culture and actually look after things and yeah, if you need something, maybe buy it second hand. If you're getting rid of something, try donating it before throwing it away. and. Just really consider your purchases a bit more and whether there's something that you actually need or something that an advertiser is trying to convince you that you need. To end on a few positive notes, uh, some countries are actually doing really great things at the moment where recycling plastic is concerned. They're doing really well. A good example of this is in Sweden where only 1% of their waste actually ends up in landfill, which is incredible. And in Germany, they have a deposit return scheme. I think a few other countries do this as well on plastic bottles. And this has proved really effective. I think they do it with cans as well. So when people return them to be recycled, they actually get a bit of money back too. So I guess there's a little bit more incentive there for people to do it. And yeah, there's great things that can be done to evoke this positive change when people's priorities and values are directed to what's really important and not only focused on sort of financial gain all the time. There's a lot of really awful things happening in the environment and surely it's worth losing out on a little bit of money, especially these bigger companies, to try and support the environment and support positive change than to just ignore it and hope that it goes away. Beyond what we're doing in our home, um, you can also sign petitions and support campaigns where you can. And if it is something that you are really passionate about, like I am, you can also write emails to your local council, to companies that maybe you purchased from and now no longer want to because all of the plastic that they use in their products. You can email manufacturers, supermarkets, and yeah, just express your frustration and why things need to change. And hopefully if enough people are doing this, they're gonna recognize this need to change. Change purchases away from large companies that are engaging in practices that you view as unethical and yeah, try and support smaller local businesses. I'll leave some resources in the show notes below with like petitions and stuff so hopefully that can be helpful. The scale of this problem is definitely really worrying and for me a lot of the time it is very overwhelming. But I think if each of us was to just take more action then we really could make such a difference. 
as consumers, I think we do have a lot of influence. So the more we make it clear to companies that we no longer want plastic being used unnecessarily in our products, then we can really put the pressure on them to change that. I do think it's really sad that the awful environmental damage clearly isn't enough for a lot of companies to motivate them to make change. I think they're so fixated on financial growth. So really it's up to us to try and give them more incentive to change by changing where we are shopping and purchasing things. I hope that some of this information and the tips have been useful and remember you don't have to change everything all at once. It's about making it sustainable and so it works for you in your life. And doing what you can to help the planet is crucial. Like whatever you can do, no matter what it is, if your intentions are in the right place and you're following that with your actions, then that's the most important thing. So in order to emphasise this message a little bit further, and hopefully to just give you a bit of motivation and more of a positive outlook on how we can be a solution to this problem, I thought I'd just share with you a couple of quotes that I found that really relate to this and I think can help us have the motivation to go in a positive direction. So the first quote is by Jane Goodall, and she says, you cannot get through a single day without having an impact on the world around you. What you do makes a difference, and you have to decide what kind of difference you want to make. Edward Everett Hale says, I am only one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something, and I will not let what I cannot do interfere with what I can do. And then finally, I want to end on a quote by Howard Zinn. We don't have to engage in grand heroic actions to participate in change. Small acts, when multiplied by millions of people, can transform the world. I hope that this has left you with the feeling that you can really make a difference and what you do matters. So that's it for today's episode and I hope it's proven useful. And if so, please share it with your family and friends you can rate and review to help more people find the podcast. And you can find us on social media. On Twitter, it's at Little Largum. And I'll leave the website link and Patreon page in the episode notes below. If you have any thoughts about the episode, any questions or information you'd like to share on the topic that hasn't been mentioned, or you'd just like to say hi, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me on a littlebitoflargum at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate your support and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.